It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Closer to the... The point at which a drop goal becomes possible. Sexton waits, here it comes. It looks good. He likes it. Nigel Owen's arm goes up, and Ireland have stolen the game. Right, welcome to the uh, Rock and Roll Six Nation special, and today we are obviously talking about Ireland. Uh, Steph, you're with me again, um, and obviously we've got a guest with us too. Yeah, so our guest today, uh, avid cyclist and teaches English to children in Asia. So he spends more time talking about bicycles in Beijing than Katie Mellowa. So Rory Boyd is with us. Hey, Rory. Good evening or morning or whenever this is. <laughs> I don't know what time is anymore. No, it's lockdown times and days. It's a social construct anyway. So. Well, I work on Taiwan time anyway. Well, don't we all? <laughs> Most time pieces are probably made in Taiwan anyways, that's fine. Suddenly taking my watch off to see where it says it's made in. Doesn't say anything. <laughs> it's, na- naturally, it's a naturally occurring watch. Watch farming is a day in art. Yep. Um, so Rory, obviously we've got you on to talk about the uh, the the Iron sort of Six Nations campaign, um, the squad, etc. What did you make of the squad when, when it was announced? It's fine. <laughs> like I've got I've made a couple of notes here and basically it just says doesn't feel like any tough decisions have been made because I think it says a lot when you've named a squad and all of the questions in the press conference are how injured is the one guy you left out <laughs> <laughs> how is Jacob Stockdale's knee is it five weeks is it three weeks we don't know and like Nothing, no one else is interested in any other questions because you looked at the squad and went, Most of these guys are who we were going to pick. The ones that the ones that are kind of iffy, like they're not going to play anyway. Why does it matter? It's sort of it's fine. Um, so yeah, I think there's I don't understand Reese Ruddock as a concept. <laughs> I think it's like generally, 
Reese Ruddock is a really, really good rugby player, right? And on occasion has done some quite impressive things. I remember when Ireland beat South Africa, not the time that South Africa was so bad that um, they decided to suddenly win the World Cup instead. Um, I don't know if you remember. If you've seen that, if you've seen that documentary they did on um, in South Africa about uh, the World Cup last year, mm-hmm. like the starting point is at halftime when the RTE co- uh, TV team say, if you're watching the game and aren't sure which team is who, uh, the one that looked like they've played rugby before is Ireland. Um, I don't mean that one, but like a few years before that, Ireland beat South Africa and Reese Ruddock played open side because Chris Henry had a heart attack or something along those lines. I've fluffed some of the information there, but <laughs> Chris Henry was meant to play and then the game started and he wasn't playing and he had some kind of heart condition and didn't play for ages. Reese Ruddock played in that game at seven. You're like, how's this going to work? He's too tall, whatever. And he got mad at the match. I was like, okay, he's quite good. Since then, he's not really played because I don't know if you've heard of him, but like Sean O'Brien played for Ryan a lot. Um, CJ Stander. Um, Jamie Heaslip was around at the same time as well. So there was a lot of like genuinely good players that got in the way. Um, so Ruddock has been stuck in that kind of he's the captain of the team when you rest all 15 players. And he probably deserves slightly better than that. I don't think now is the time to make it up. I think he just has to go, it's unfortunate because he doesn't solve any problems for us. Like if you look at where Ireland were two years, three years ago now, isn't it? When they won the Grand Slam, beat Australia in Australia, beat South Africa in in the autumn. Like the thing that that team had that this team didn't have was a significant amount of firepower up front. And I don't think Reese Ruddock is a, is a guy that can come in and add that. I think he's someone who carries the ball quite well, is a good defensive player, is a good line-out option, but he's not going to come in and do, like, he's not going to be Peter Steph Dutoy, which is effectively what Ireland needs at the moment. <laughs> um, and, you know, there are a couple of guys... I mean, really, there's one guy in particular who um, Munster fans are obsessed with. And, like, I kind of... Gavin Coombs is the name that comes to mind, um, who I think is probably ready. Um, and, and he's just a huge fella. And he's the kind of guy that could play lock, but is instead playing eight, which is the kind of guy I love because... You know, you can throw him up in the air in the lineup, but also he's just huge. And I thought when Munster played Leinster last week now, every time he got the ball, it took three guys to bring him down. If it takes three three Leinster players to bring you down, you're probably going to do pretty well against Scotland or Italy, which realistically is where Ruddock would be playing if he did if he did play. So I just give him the chance, give the young guy a go. Mm-hmm. Every single other pick in the squad is just those are the guys that are available and they're good. Yeah, fine. Uh, a few guys have been picked that haven't played any rugby. So Furlong, I think, is playing today or tomorrow when yep. we record. It's the first game he's played, I think, since the the original Six Nations last year, maybe. It certainly feels like a huge amount of time. Henderson hasn't played since the autumn. Uh, 
And Kilcoin played once last week, and that's it. And those guys presumably are going to play significant roles. It's like there's only two loose heads in the squad. Kilcoin is going to play every game if things go to plan. That's a lot of getting up to speed very quickly yeah. that needs to be done. And that will concern me. But otherwise, it's just, yeah, these are the guys who we kind of recognize and are going to be fine. I, um, I've i got a theory on why Reese Reddick is picked. I think it's because he's since he shaved his head. It's to disor- disorientate other teams who think, fuck, these players must be massive because look how big they look compared to Devon Toner. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's got to be the only reason because from a distance, like, it's, it's bang on. I, it does. But he looks like Devon Toner has been on the roids. Yeah. <laughs> like, suddenly he's got arms. Like, <laughs> I think these other guys must be really tall because they. Just... That's my theory. That's the only I think. I think there's something to it. I think there's also probably just a, he's been playing really well in the context of being a back row for Leinster when you win every single game, yeah. um, and they might just want to send a message that says if you play really well for your province, we're going to pick you. And he is that solid choice. You probably. I think that. Ireland have got the problem that Wales think they've got, where you've got a, a, a numerous back row players. Like the depth of back row is insane. Wales like to think we've got that problem, and then three back row players get injured, and we all fucking shit our pants. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've thought this like I think it's a problem we have uh, at, at Ulster as well. To go on a real tangent here, but like. <laughs> When I watch Ulster play without Marcel Cotier, every single player that they pick in the back row is basically the same person. <laughs> you know, like the difference between Nick Timoney and Sean Reedy and Geordie Murphy is almost nothing. They're the same human being doing the same job. And I think Ireland had the same thing where really we have a lot of guys who are not quite big enough to sort of fulfill a Billy Vunapola role uh, or like a Hoskins Tutu kind of, you know, like just the massive numbers, number eight that will yeah. run over people. We don't really have anyone who is like goblin shaped and can just, you know, like Sam Underhill, whose arms are not the same size as his take. He's nicked. Devon Toner's arms are on Sam Underhill's body. That's the, <laughs> that's where they, that's why Devon Toner's arms are so small. They've been stolen. Um, uh, We've got a lot of guys who kind of do a job and would fit perfectly within a team if they had someone else around them. You know, if we had Stephen Ferris at six, then you could pick all of our other bat rows around him and it'd be fine because, you know, you've got a freak that does the heavy work. Um, And like my other grand theory is that if we could pick 17 players, it would be great. (laughs) I don't mean like, yeah, if we had two more players, we'd be better than everybody else. But a lot of our big issues come around, uh, basically surround the fact that if we don't pick Omani, then who's going to jump in the lineup? Mm-hmm. But then if we pick Omani, who's going to maybe do the defensive coverage yeah. or who's going to be the extra carrier? So then you think, okay, we'd like to pick Van der Fleer. But then if you pick Van der Fleer, you're like, okay, well, now we've got no one who's going to carry the ball. So that you kind of get into a thing where if we could just pick you know, Armani, Stan, Doris, and Van der Fleer at the same time, then be fine. But we can't, because apparently there's rules to this game. 
And I think the same thing in the midfield. Like, we've picked five centres. Four of them do exactly the same thing. They're huge men that can run very fast and catch the ball just before they hit someone. And what we'd like to do is pick two huge men and Gary Ringrose. <laughs> but apparently, again, the rules state you can only pick 15 players. So we're either slightly short of size against England and France. I think against the other teams, you won't notice it because they're short of size too and it evens out. But against England and France, slightly too small. Yeah. But if you pick the big team, then suddenly your lineup doesn't work or you can't get across defensively or you have no one that can pass outside of 10. Um, and I think we're still no no further along to solving those problems than we were a year ago. And so it's kind of just going to be fine. So with that in mind, and I was, I was going to mention uh, John Cooney, who was apparently, if you listen to all the news outlets, on the verge of a Lions call, which when he was actually playing, no one was saying. But now that he's not playing, everyone was saying that he was tipped for the Lions. Um, but if you could swap one Irish player out for one player from any of the other five nations, who are you swapping? Oh. Um, I mean, this part of me wants to just go route one and say it's you. <laughs> but I actually think we'd really do well to um to take George Cruis. Yeah. Because I think what we're really missing is that big lump in the second we have big lumps in the second row, but James Ryan is a better rugby player than he's been in the last year. And people still go on about how brilliant he is. And to some extent he is, but he's he doesn't look as good as he used to be. Yeah. Because he's being asked to do the job of like a Bacchus Bota or a George Cruz yeah. um, when he should really be out there, you know, sort of jogging around, taking balls off 10, hit, hitting things off a run-up um, and really showing his athleticism. Yeah. But instead we got him calling the lineouts, scrumming at tight head and taking the really, really boring carries. And theoretically, Quinn Rue would be our guy for that job. But it doesn't feel like we're going to beat England with Quinn Rue in our team. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like we're kind of stuck in the situation where if you want the best 15 players on the pitch, you're actually taking your best player and making him worse. And, and that's why you need 17. That's why we need 17 players, yeah. Actually, 18 players now because I'm picking a fair <laughs> lot. <laughs> three centres, four back rows, three locks. That's the dream. That's it. It's like you don't play rugby league because you don't have two less. Oh, but yeah, but rugby league would be fine because you don't have any lineouts. <laughs> you don't need them as much. Well, we still got chatting about players then, Rory. Um, in regards to the Irish squad at the minute, who do you think is going to be the stand-up players for Ireland this year? Um, I struggle with the idea of standout players, just because you know what stands out. Because like. For me, Andrew Porter stood out for the last year, but Andrew Porter stood out because he's just played every single minute of rugby available. And that's incredibly impressive. But it's not necessarily something that you're going to watch and go, oh, that's brilliant. It's just like, oh, he's still here. And he's still hitting that ruck. <laughs> he's still hitting that ruck like he's been fired out of a cannon. Um, 
So, you know, I hope that we see a lot of Gary Ross because if, if he's not broken his jaw, he's the guy that gives us the attacking ability um, to actually break teams open. Because I think if you look at us without him, the ball basically can't go wide of 10 because Sexton can pass, but he's worried that the guy he passes it to then won't be able to pass. So he doesn't. (laughs) And having that extra guy out there. um, Beyond that, like, I don't think anyone new is going to stand out. I think it'll be, you know, I'm sure if if everything goes to plan, CJ Stander will look like a world's better player than he was. Um, Not that he's ever looked bad, but just because like in his early days at Munster when he gets to play out wide, which I think is the plan. If Doris starts at eight, um, Standard will be sort of relieved of some duties. He'll just look incredible because when he's running at wingers, he just looks much better than if he's running at props. Um, but it, again, it's like it's not anything new to say. Gary Ringrose and Sophie Standard are very, very good rugby players and they'll look good at it. But that's where I think we are. It's just an iteration on the last year or two three or 12 <laughs> so uh, really into the nitty gritty now who's got the shit to stay cut well Craig Case is in the squad isn't he Craig Case is in the squad <laughs> and he's got that weird thing where it's almost like a mullet except rather than part rather than like business at the front party at the back it's business round the ears and party <laughs> everywhere else it's if you've seen Tom Dunn or Will Stewart at Bath, imagine that except on someone who doesn't have such a big head. And that's great case. <laughs> it is a concentration of bad acres in the southwest of England for some reason. They they, they monopolized there for quite a while, but they it need is a so visa scheme for barbers. An island. What's that? They need a visa scheme for barbers. You know how like Australia have a thing <laughs> where if, you, if you're a plumber, they'll yeah, yeah come over. That's what, like, Bristol. just Like like Polish dentists when yeah. they try to... Some office in Bristol just says, get people that can cut hairs, get them in. <laughs> Send them to Thornton, Exeter, wherever. <laughs> I'm just thinking, we've, uh, we've said that there was probably no need for any changes to the island squad, so that included Gavin Coombs. We've just said that Craig Casey's got a shit haircut. I have a funny feeling that three are going to be cancelled by one of our Irish friends after this. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I don't think I've said it. I don't think I've said anything anyone disagrees with, which is that Gavin Coombs should probably be in the squad, but doesn't mean that he'd start. And that Craig Case's hair is probably the worst thing about him. Plus, we could take a minute for a friend of the pod, Patricia, because we all now know she's in a better place. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only time anyone has ever said New Ross is a better place. So as a whole then, Rory, what do you make of Ireland's chances for the Six Nations this year? Are you, are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? I just kind of feel nothingness. I think we're in this horrible situation where I don't expect us to win either of our home games. Um, I think it would be a disaster if we lose any of the away ones. Which I think is the worst position to be in as a team where you can only go backwards, but not but not from a position of winning. Um so I was slightly thrown by Rory starting with I just feel nothingness and I felt like a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is how I do my therapy these days as well. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, like, 
you know, you don't know what's going to happen with squads and COVID and all that. So maybe by the time we play England at, at home, they'll be playing their under nines and we'll have a go. Um, theoretically, anything can happen with France, but it doesn't it seems to be that the anything is good things now. So not that hopeful. But I think mid-table is... If something embarrassing happens, people are going to be very upset. But I, I just don't see I just don't see a lot that can happen in a positive sense. It, it, yeah, you, you're kind of caught in the the same thing as Wales at the minute, where you've just come off the back of of being on a high and looking like you could become one of the best teams in the world, and then there's a sudden change of coaches. I like it. The rot kind of started to set in under Schmidt a little bit and then it hasn't really changed and then you don't feel like it could get worse but then you don't see how it can get much better at the minute and it's yeah. kind of like like I, I'm still optimistic with Wales but I seem like I'm the only one yeah but I'd say that Wales have one more team they could beat than we do <laughs> that they could beat us and that sort of seems like a step <laughs> forwards well I um, you speak to any Welsh fan, and I think they're probably saying at the moment we couldn't. Yeah, yeah, like it was. I think on form they should they shouldn't, but I've I've seen Ireland play Wales enough times to know that <laughs> you know whatever your hopes and dreams are before the game can immediately change. So, like, it is difficult, and it's. I think this is a particular time in history to be very meh about everything and just go, yeah, well. We're not going to win this game. We're not going to win that game. But if we lose any of the others, it's a disaster. Well, I, I think I'm very much already using that COVID's an excuse. I, I, I was willing to write off last year because the effect that COVID had. So I think if we have a shit year, I'm just rolling that on. We'll keep that going until... It doesn't count yet, does it? Yeah. I I don't care about last year. Who won the Six Nations and the, the Autumn Nations Cup? Nobody cares about that one. So it it's was convenient that we didn't win. It's not a Six Nations if Vakatara isn't playing. That's my... <laughs> Um, so while we're talking COVID and pandemics, who's the one Six Nations player you wouldn't want to lock down with? Oh dear! And this can be any nation, right? Any the nation hasn't got the island. I think Paul Willems for some reason, because <laughs> <laughs> he just—I mean, he just gets through so much food in the fridge. Like my, my Tesco's orders would not fit around his. <laughs> I, I, the problem if he ate your food as well, I, you couldn't bring up the problem with him. No. I don't think you could you could approach that issue and win that argument. You just have to go buy more, which he would then eat again. Yeah, yeah. Not at all. Um, I think we'd have that annoying thing as well, where there'd be a language barrier, but we both technically spoke the same language. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I think I think Willem's a. I'm sure he's a lovely man, but just. Also, is he, is he going to be in my house? Because we've got low ceilings. <laughs> <laughs> You've got no food and he's got back problems. You're both <laughs> angry. <laughs> it's just not going to work out. No. Um, <clears throat> so we, we set you a little challenge. Obviously, you're a salesman for Ireland. Um, you can fire away with your uh, pitch of why Ireland are going to win this year's Six Nations. Okay, so effectively, it's the concept of stranger things have happened. So... In 1996, a Danish man won the Tour de France. The Tour de France is a race where you ride up mountains on a bicycle. 
the highest point in Denmark as a shell garage. Like, how did that happen? An Australian won a speed skating gold medal at the Olympics. He didn't even win. <laughs> he didn't even like. Well, he did win, but he didn't even go fast. He just waited for everyone else to fall over. If we could Stephen Bradbury the, the Six Nations, then we've got a chance. So if you know, if the whole England team get COVID, we got it. If France decide to wear funny glasses to take the piss out of Galtier, we've got it. And by being the most normal team, that's how we're going to win. That's superb. Superb. I can't. I can't argue with that. I thought. I thought uh, uh, the the Italy pod might have had this wrapped up by playing on our sense of, of wanting Italy to win because it's the right thing. But I can't argue with that one. Um, nice up one next. Inverdale, Woodward, Jiffy, Shag, Mary, Kill. <laughs> Um, I think you've got to kill Woodward. Just, just so that I never have to hear the words 2003 ever again. Um, <laughs> I feel like Inverdale has the most work. So if you were married to him, you know, he'd be away for the French Open and for Wimbledon and stuff. Uh, he obviously does the Six Nations, so he'd be on TV, but I'd be at home. That'd be fine. Um, like, I don't know what he's about when he's not on TV, so he might not be infuriating. And, you know, Shag Jiffy, you could throw him about a bit and uh, be, over, be over quickly. So, yeah. I, I will say we're too, we're too many podcasts in and Jiffy's got a 100% success rate for the minute. <laughs> yeah, but the justification for the last one was so someone can shout numbers at him. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's just the most fuckable man on television. That's the... <laughs> <clears throat> um, so finally, my my last question. I know Steph's got a couple of little ones in a second, but what would be your prediction on how the table is going to finish? So one um, to six. I feel like I've already kind of given the game away here, but I think England are going to win. I think France will be second, Ireland third. Um, you can say it. Okay. Picking between Wales and Scotland is tough. But I'll believe Scotland are better than Wales when I see it. I feel like every year it's like Scotland are going to be good this year. And then they look kind of good, but they still lose their games. So I think, I think Wales will be fourth, Scotland fifth, and Italy last because, I mean, they didn't even get Paolo or Dogwood. <laughs> At Scotland, obviously, they were sneaky last year because they played on the, um, the autumn misnomer where they played better in the So they waited to play us in the October, knowing that they would beat us. But if they played us in March, they probably would. We know how Scotland works. They play oh. well October to November, and in February to March, they're shit. That's the are, way it works. Are the Wales games still going to be in Carmarthenshire? Uh, I think they're back in the Millennium, isn't they? Yeah, are they? Okay, college. then, then they're not going to win, are they? <laughs> Scotland aren't going to win there. We wait on Wales online <laughs> to find out whether the roof is open or shit. <laughs> can they play? Can it be used as a hospital while playing? <laughs> <laughs> Pivak's new defence is just trolleys. <laughs> well, it's better than the defence we had last in, in the autumn anyway. So, um, so we're going to finish off, as he said. We're just going to do a quick, quick fire. So I'm going to give you some either or's, and you just pick which one you're going to choose. So uh, BBC or ITV? Oh, BBC. 
Munster or Leinster? Oh, this is one of them ones where I change all the time. Currently, Munster. Schmidt or Farrell? Schmidt. Uh, Eddie's Rockets or Shake Dog? <laughs> I've never been to a Shake Dog because they're a West of Ireland thing. <laughs> so we're so going. I'm going Eddie Rockets. Uh, Robbie Enshaw or Gary Ringwalls? It's got to be Gary. He's got more R's. Tito or Anki Dory? Tito. Don't, don't mess with Ridges. Gibson Park or Parks and Rec? Parks and Rec. And Bewitched or Boys On? Oh, no. This is the sort of thing my cousin would ask me when I was like 10 years old. <laughs> That's the that's the level we're at. Mommy, why does he talk so funny? <laughs> I get this strong, strong vibes of therapy session. <laughs> that's just my life now. It's all it's all one long therapy session. Um, uh, I'm gonna say Bewitched because if I'm in a pop world and that comes on, I'm on the dance floor. Whereas any boys on song, it's like time to get a drink. I, you've you've nailed it, absolutely nailed it. Plus, you never want to go against Bewitched because they fight like their dad, didn't they? So, um... <laughs> but to be fair, their dad could be Ronan O'Gara. So, too soon. <laughs> two thousand one is too soon. That's everything for me. Yeah, okay. and me. So, we all we got left to do is thank Rory for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah. Absolutely superb. No worries. There's something to do. <laughs> well, by the time we finished, as well, Munster might have lost because it was quite tense before we came on. Was, uh, there's four points in it with ten minutes to go as I'm looking. So it's not my fault. I'm not watching. <laughs> <laughs> Rory, Brilliant. thank you. Thank Rory. you very much. I will speak to you again soon. So, been a pleasure, gents. Cheers, man. Thank you. You've been listening to Rock and Roll in association with Health and Adversity tackling mental health together sports social podcast network judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.